Good afternoon and welcome. On today's programme, we'll be taking a look at a new four-part TV adaptation of John McGahern's prize-winning novel, Amongst Women, which began last night on RTE. And later, Joe Jackson looks at two songwriters born more than 30 years apart and suggests that there may be more similarities between Dory Previn and Tori Amos than their first names. Beware of young girls who come to the door Wistful and pale Twenty and four Delivering daisies With delicate hands Sounds from Dory and Tori later in the programme. by Dory Previn over 30 years ago. At the time, it won her an Academy Award. Valley of the Dolls referred to the California slang for tranquilizers and pills, and the song was based on the real and traumatic experiences of its writer. Many years on, it still holds its power. That version is from last year's Katie Lang album, Drag. Now, Joe Jackson, you're a champion of Dory Previn's work, and that track illustrates that the 90s recognised the talent of Ms Previn. Is there a Dory Previn renaissance? There was nothing I would like more than a Dory Previn You've renaissance. You've always been a big fan of her, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I discovered her personally in the late 70s. Uh, probably in the early 70s. Uh, and there is a kind of... The, the renaissance, I hope, would be accelerated by the fact that, number one, she's having a play opening on or off or near Broadway later this year. And secondly, all her CDs, which have long since been available, and there are even sites on the internet telling people what record stores have vinyl copies, they're all being reissued this year. So I think it's about time the whole thing... She was absolutely reassessed. And one of the things that angered me deeply was I reviewed a book called uh, She Bop, The History of Women in Pop, for the Irish Times. The preface was by Yoko Ono, and uh, she didn't even mention Dory, though Dory laughingly said later, you mean the same Yoko Ono who told me that her husband John once said he knew my song Mother had been influenced by my first album? That Yoko Ono? Yes. So she, 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 to think that she wasn't even referred to in that and she brought out this astounding body of work, and you referred to, like even if we're not to talk about her 70s albums, singer-songwriter albums, they're the Academy Awards, and why I probably hook into her is uh, she's decidedly, defiantly uh, Irish. I mean, I think she said yeah. to me once that everything I've done and certainly everything I've written is rooted in my Irish psyche. And that comes across in the work in terms of, I mean, her first album, which she can't even get a copy of, was brought out in 1958 and it was called Leprechauns Are Upon Us. Oh, no. Now, you can, I know, I know, no I know, I know. You I know. Find, yeah, but let me hid them away. Yeah, right, absolutely. <laughs> it was stolen by leprechauns. <laughs> uh, but that idea, uh, that idea of looking into the shadows inside herself yeah. predated the confessional 
uh, song poetry of the singer song okay, that's as in that one there that's really it the first album that I heard of hers was Mythical Kings and Iguanas mm-hmm. was, yeah. which was all about it was immediately post the Mia Farrow yeah. going off yeah. with her husband yeah. Andre Previn Lemon Haired Ladies and all yeah. of these things very yeah. fine songs but yeah. ultra confessional but your thesis Absolutely. is that there is a similarity between the work of Dory Previn and the, that of Tori Amos yeah but I think it's also I mean in relation to uh, don't fob off the fact that she was that open it's like John Lennon is acclaimed in rock circles for having written confessional songs like Help in the Middle of the Beatles Territory. But as I say, when Dory Previn was writing songs for Academy Award films, she, ha- she managed to make Dionne Warwick singing The Valley of the Dolls a profoundly uh, a confessional song. But also, I mean, where I think she differed from a lot of the early 70s singer-songwriters is that um, she was appropriated by feminists, probably because of uh, people can listen to the first song we want to play, which is called When a Man Wants a Woman. When she wants anything, anything of him A look, a touch, a moment of his time He says she's demanding He swears she's destroying him Why is it when a man wants a woman he's called a hunter but when a woman wants a man she's called a Dory Previn and uh, When a Man Wants a Woman. Now, uh, Joe Jackson, she was described by the New York Times as a feminist icon for mm. the 1970s. Did she herself ever claim to be a no, feminist? No, just, just that idea. Like, the end of that last song, the, the, the punchline is, you know, when a woman wants a man, a woman is accused of being a predator, whereas when a man wants a woman, it's all very positive kind of label slapped on him, which would have made it... And I remember when she sang that in the Dublin Stadium, the predominantly female audience cheered. But Dory very much, she, she never believed in kind of... She doesn't believe in separatist politics. So it's kind of like, I'm not going to say I'm a feminist because then you have to believe in the idea of a masculinist. So her idea was, and she was. She also went through that time, you say, that, that very dark album post-Andre Previn. She was hospitalised. She had ECD, ECT. She had a breakdown. And she also went through uh, Jungian therapy. So it's this whole thing of reconciling opposites in yourself. And one of the opposites she goes on about is reconciling masculine and feminine. So she would never say, I am a feminist or I am a masculinist. Mm. All her songs are about trying to be so self-integrated that you're everything to yourself. So when she saw that last song being uh, described as feminist uh, anthem, she turned it around. And unlike the kind of many of contemporary female singer-songwriters who just say all men are bastards, she wrote a song called, the opposite of that, called Don't Put Him Down. Let alone prove him 
Dory Previn there, and don't put him down. Now, uh, Joe Jackson, just before we leave Dory Previn, can I ask you the question? Whatever happened to the self-same Dory? This is all 70s music. Yeah, she actually, she called a halt to her own career around 1976 after releasing this brace of astounding albums and touring quite a lot. And she was incredibly popular here in Ireland. Let's not forget an old person put on Hunky Dory. There was an RT television programme, and good luck to RT for actually giving her an hour on television. She then pulled back and she published two fragments of autobiography, um, some poetry, and uh, she has not been heard of since. But as I say, she's working on a play, and uh, I may actually be helping her write a biography. Oh, we, I we've, see. We've, we've to well sort done. out. I, I would love, there's, there's nobody I would better like to write a book with. Because she has that history of working with the Tim Pan Alley songsmiths in Hollywood in the 50s, That's through right. the 60s, into the 70s. What age is she now? She, she would be she, coming up to 70. She would be, wouldn't she? You know? Right, so much for Dory Previn. Now, okay, then... Tori Amos, yeah, are we talking about more confessional songs mm -hmm. or are you talking about a difficult emotional life? Yeah, well, that's where the parallels can be drawn. And I mean, Dory Previn, she says, doesn't anybody go back and look at the songs I wrote about child abuse? And she was abused and she wrote a song called With My Daddy in the Attic. So that lineage has been extended by people like Alanis and far more so Tori Amos, whose music very much, it doesn't only come from but it's very much rooted in a rape experience, which she wrote about for her first, for her first uh, highly acclaimed album. She had a rock and roll album some years back, which was a flop, a song called Me and a Gun, which was awarded a prize by, uh, which was nominated as the most useful piece of art in America in 1992 by a rape crisis center. Yeah, she was actually raped at knife point by three men. Two oh dear. And a okay. Yeah. No, but I mean, and you you have to get that specific about her work because some people jump back a mile from what she sings, and some people totally misunderstand the fact that her songs, even her performances, are incredibly and in inverted commas sexual. But what it is for her is the art is as poetry would for others or painting would be for others, is an attempt like Dory Previn to reconcile body and flesh after a rape experience. So she writes. She she seems to be trying all the time to celebrate sexuality, but you only understand that when you remember it's rooted in this kind of rape experience. Mm. So she once said to me in an interview um, that she, and I'm sure many women who have been raped could relate to the fact that she said, when I even decide to have a child, I know that the healing process will be near completion. When she can even decide to have it, let alone have it. Yeah. So, uh, so her new album comes out of, unfortunately, the fact that she did want to have a child two years ago and she miscarried. What so, age, so, what age so is she now, by the way? She, she, she would be in her mid-30s. In her mid-30s, okay. Yeah. So a lot, of the, a lot of the song, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of songs on the album where she's, uh, she refers to how strong a woman she is, but she can't keep a child, and now she doubts if there's even a woman in there at all. So that's the issue she's confronting at a core level in the record, and she says that the, al you know, the way she would define it, the album has reconnected her with more primitive feelings, with rhythms, and it's dictated even the way she's, her band is playing on the record. Mm. So the, the songs on it, I mean, she, in, in some of the songs, uh, again, this is not easy listening, but then since when should art be easy listening? Uh, one of the songs is called Play By Mommy, where she directly addresses the child she lost. Before I found the magic hell 
Right, Joe Jackson, so Tori Amos there and Playboy Mommy. Now, uh, Dory Previn, going back to Dory uh -huh. Previn. So, yes, they both suffered trauma in mm -hmm. their lives, mm -hmm. but are there any other reasons why you say Tori Amos uh, has inherited the mantle of Dory Previn? Well, I don't know if she has. I don't think she's actually... I love Tori's music and I love Dory's music, but I don't think anybody has the musical sophistication of Dory Previn because she had that, as I say, history, studying with the great tunesmiths in Hollywood. And she was married to Andre Previn, and she composed with Andre Previn. You know, so there's that whole lineage. But she has inherited for a new generation becoming the voice of maybe specifically women who want to express things that they don't find expressed in other places. And that's what I was saying before we went into that song. Too often pop music is used as a diversion, uh, escapism. But, but some people, like myself, hook into it because it actually says things that we don't know how to express. And for generations of women, someone like Tori, as with Alanis Morissette, are actually saying things that they wish they could say and want to say and need to say. Yeah. So I think she's serving, that's, that's the purpose she's serving. But she's also, I mean, I don't want people to think the album is only about that. You know, there are some kind of, there are, there's a kind of, there are dance tracks. There's a tribute to, which I think is very ironic, uh, to Jacqueline Kennedy. Uh, like when Tori was marrying, and one of the lyrics is, she was calling on Jackie's uh, ghost for strength to help her through well, the world. That wedding, is an unlikely is alliance, absolutely, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and another song, and uh, in, I think it's in Jackie's Strength, which is that song, she's back referring to the days when all she adored in life was David Cassidy. So anyone who grew up of that era... <laughs> anyone you know, who did... Juxtaposition, <laughs> well, that's good luck to her, you know? <laughs> but someone like Anna, you know, I've read a lot about that era, the early 70s for women who defined themselves very much according to the Osmonds or David Cassidy. And I love the juxtaposition of a back reference to something as seemingly innocent as that in the context of Playboy Mommy. But the last song is from Tori Amos, and it's She's Your Cocaine. Your cocaine from Tori Amos, and our thanks as ever to Joe Jackson. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, just after three, till then, from all of us on the Art Show team. Goodbye. The Art Show, presented by Mike Murphy, was produced today by Bernadette Comerford. The comment line number is 208 3445. Inside of you